0: welcome back to the monday to monday podcast on this episode we speak with j.i the prince of ny about the pros and cons of being signed to a record label how he successfully dropped two projects within a few months of each other and preparing for his upcoming tour Today's guest is J.I. J.I. the Prince of New York. New, uh, J.I. the Prince of NY, if you want to look it up on Spotify right now. How's it going, man?
1: Everything good, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Thanks for stopping by. Of course. Thank you for having me. Of course. Yeah, we just threw your music up on the playlist. Gary really loves your music, man, so we're happy you're here.
1: I mean, it's dope, bro. I love his work. He, he's very influential, and I feel like he's impacting a lot of people at like a quick rate. So it's like, And he's been doing it for a long time, so I feel like just him reaching out to me because he reached out to me. That was, like, mind-blowing, because, like, I'm a fan of his work, and then he, you know, he's very positive, so it was dope just connecting with him.
0: Hell yeah. So I wanted to start, if you want to tell everyone, like, real quick, where you're from, but then also elaborate on the moment when you knew that this could be your career. Like, making music could be your career. Like, where you were, what you did, where you're like, wow, this is serious.
1: I grew up in Brooklyn. um, Different places in Brooklyn. At first, um, we were, I think like, Bay Ridge area, like, when I was, like, two, three. Then my mom and dad split, so then we went to PA for a couple months, came back, but I mainly grew up in, like, Crown Heights, Franklin Ave. And then I kind of, like, I started writing when I was 12. But I just, I don't know, at a young age, I always wanted to, like, do something big. I feel like a lot of moguls and just influential people, I feel like that's how it starts, like, at a young age. But for me, it was weird, like, you you, you know how little kids always want to be. Oh, I want to be this, I want to be that. But for me, it was kind of like it had to happen. Like every day was just like (laughs) the main thing on my head. Like, why am I not here? Why am I not where I need to be? And then 14 is where my mom had told me about this TV show. I didn't really pay attention to it because I'm like, I don't want to be on a TV show competing and like stuff like that. So I like brushed it off. And then I remember like the TV show came on my screen one time and in my head, I don't want to sound mean, but I'm like, these kids aren't really like that good. So I kind of, like, I felt like, I don't know, I thought, like, the competition and, like, the level of competition would be super high because, you know, you watch American Idol, yeah. X Factor, and you see how, like, everything is very, like... But I tried out for the TV show. I um went on Instagram, and I would just tag the TV show company, right. Jermaine Dupree, everybody that just formed the TV show. And I got their attention somehow, I guess, and they just, like, kept in touch. They interviewed me, and then they flew me out to Atlanta for auditions at first. It was, like, they they had selected seven people, but two of them were going home. So we kind of had to, like, fight for our spot. And then I ended up staying there for, like, the rest of the TV show. And I overall just went for the exposure. I felt like the TV... Cause I, when I saw, like, the first season, I saw how their, their exposure was, like, huge. They gained a rapid amount of following. Like, the following was rapid and quick. Like, it went up quickly. So I was like, this would be dope as far as for where I want to be, where I feel like the platform could take me and where it could take my music. So... I went on the TV show and it was weird because I was like the first artist from New York on that show. Okay. So that kind of like made the show lit in New York. Like a lot of people just started watching it in New York. And I'm not going to lie, like the response was, I wasn't expecting it. Like I thought I would get like a dope response, but not like the way people knew about me. And then it's funny because a year, maybe two years went by. Like I kind of like everything died down.
0: Yeah. What year was that?
1: So this was 2016. Okay. So 2017, we went on a tour for the TV show. It was dope. And then 2018, I was quiet. Like, I wasn't really doing anything. I was in, like, a bad situation. I was living with my mom, arguing with her, this, that, and the third. She, um, I got kicked out. And then I went to my dad's house. And at that point, I was, everything was just, rap wasn't even my main priority at that point because I just felt, like, emotionally, I had too much going on mentally I was gonna join the union and do construction and stuff like that. It got to that point because I just felt like my clout was dying. My I, I was just I wasn't in like a healthy space to do anything great. I felt like. And then something just came over me. Once I got kicked out, I told myself, like, what like what can I lose if I try one more time? If I really put in the effort to go out my way and really, what can I lose? What's the worst that could happen? And this was this time last year when I when I thought that. And then I guess like six months of me just putting in work, hard work, like the hardest work I ever put in within like four years of me making music, the six months of last year was just me straight going to the studio, um, making music, releasing it, coming up with a plan. And it's just crazy how like it took for me to like almost fall flat on my face for everything to just like kind of take off at the momentum it's taken off. And, you know, now I'm signed. I got a strong, solid label behind me. Shout out to Endoscope and everything is dope. No, I can't complain. I'm happy. I'm happy to be here.
0: That's a good story, man. A lot of ups and downs and creative things that most artists don't really experience. Most artists aren't really on TV shows like that. And then at at a TV show on an early age, and then coming out with your projects that are really popular, streaming right now. That's cool. And Mm -hmm. you just mentioned your label. Like, I wanted to ask you, being a young artist and being with the label, like, how do you feel? That really brings to your like. Um, what you got going on You know what I mean Like what, what are like The benefits of being signed At first I was I, I wanted to stay
1: In the independent route And The funny thing is The first mixtape Is still like Independent as far as They let us drop the, the tape independently And work it independently So we got like Almost 75 million views Like independently And it's dope Because the, like the label They The pros and cons Of having a label Like I said There's cons If you don't know What you're doing If you don't know What you're getting into You could sign the wrong deal You could get benched A lot of this, you know, there's rumors of what goes on, but I feel like in general, it goes with who you are as an artist too. If you work hard, if the label sees that you want it as much as they want to push you and win, it's going to go 50 50. It has to be, it can't be a 40 60 because it's a team thing, you know. You can't, you're never going to win if your team doesn't see the vision as much as you do or more. You're going to, there's going to be some type of setback. So I feel like the main con is not knowing what you're getting into. The label, they see right through certain people, so they know if the artist cares about his career and if he doesn't. So I feel like the pros is the push, like the support system you have. There's so much things that a label could do that you might not be able to do if you're independently or you just have a management company helping you push your music. I feel like labels definitely have the push. They have the networks. They have the playlisting as far as putting you in the right playlist so the right people can hear you. There's So much pros and cons, and then the money they put behind you is amazing. Like, there's a lot of things that a lot of people don't know, and me neither. Because I felt like coming into the industry, me going on the TV show, I felt like I knew it all. I'm like, ah, yeah, I know about the labels, I know how bad they are. But then I never really sat back and realized, like, if you do the right thing, like, you know, and it works, yeah. yeah and it's different now. The time period is different. It's 2020, what well, worked for Tupac and Biggie is not going to work for. A new upcoming rapper like the labels are different like you can't just hand out your cd and it it's, it's, it was harder back then now it's easy you have platforms you have social media they you know it's it's not hard to catch a little flame you know and take
0: off yeah i agree with that i think that's really smart what you said like you have the right team and then you have the right team at the label and everyone combines and works together and when you know what you're doing and you actually are hungry mm-hmm. it all works yeah you know um Real quick, like about your, you said you came up with your plan like around last year this time, and then you executed obviously in 2019. Was it your plan to drop two projects like that quick? You know what I mean? Like back to, like it was almost back to back, but there was a little, obviously there was room to breathe, but you dropped one in October, one in December, Hood Life Crisis, Volume One and Two. Like what was the thinking around that? Mm,
1: I I could say that wasn't the plan, I guess, like. But I kind of wanted to just put pressure on people. The old My, my problem, this is why, like I, like I mentioned, 2018 2017, everything kind of like died down. I wasn't consistent. I would let months go by. I wouldn't be in a studio. I wouldn't release records. And I, I felt like I was doing something right. Like, I, I don't know. It, I was so confident, but doing the wrong things. So then I kind of learned from that. And I knew that I, all I had to do was be consistent. Like, you could be consistent and drop the wrong records. But I wanted to be consistent and drop the right records. And... I'm, I'm my worst critique. Like, I'll go in the studio, I'll make a song, and I'll say it's horrible, and everybody's staring at me like, what do you mean it's horrible? Like, it's, it's amazing. But I, I just feel like as an artist, I don't really like listening to my music too much. That's another thing that's weird about me. Like, I'll make it, but I'll make it for other people. I feel like they need to hear it. Like, I make music for them. But as far as me releasing a second project, I did it for many reasons. One, somebody in my camp did some snake shit, and they, not my camp, but some people I'm cool with, they started leaking my music. Okay. So I had unreleased songs getting leaked. And I had people selling it, trying to drop it, this, down the third. Don't get me wrong. it's, it's Everybody does it. It's, uh, all the artists, every artist gets their music leaked at some point. But I feel like it's corny because it's like, you can't wait. Like, why are you in such a rush to listen to music? Like, it's cool that the fans love it, this, down the third. But then it gets to the point where they start selling it. They start releasing it on YouTube, SoundCloud. Like, you could get sued for that. Like, that has nothing to do with me. I'm not going to... But I feel like it's just corny. There's ways to go about it, and then on top of that, that was one of the the like the that's what contributed to it. But then also, I just the pressure, the consistency. I felt like you know what? Why not drop another project? Like I the, think it
0: was smart. Yeah,
1: you know, I felt like it was dope. And then the label, the label just really believes in me because like they they let me drop it. They knew we had the project. They said, All right, will let you push that." Right now, we're just trying to get clearance for this. Need me sick? I'm single. Cause it's it's getting like a huge attraction, like from radio, from just people listening to it. But I mean, like I said, the label they they really support and they see the vision as much as I do. And just the overall impact. I remember a manager telling me like, "Yo, this project is gonna change your life." I didn't really think. I'm like, you know, he he's been around like artists, so he's been around the process before. He this is another another like step for him. He he he's already been down the road. So for me, I didn't really think much because I said it my hardest critique. I just put together a body of work with the first project. I just put records together that I had had already formed. And the response I got was amazing. So I just, I was like, fuck it, let's do another project. And yeah.
0: That's cool. That's a good attitude, man. I feel like a lot of artists need to do that. You know, artists put out a project and wait too long. But if you're consistent, like you said, and they were both like short. So just keep feeding people what they want. Mm -hmm. That's cool um i want to talk about your team real quick like if there's anyone on the team you want to highlight like someone who's helping you out your career like it could be your manager it could be pr it could be like anyone but like just talk about one person because there's a lot of emerging artists who are like trying to put their teams together right now mm-hmm. and they don't really know where to start who are listening so maybe if you could like shed some light on like how someone on your team helps um i
1: would say my management like my manager he he's def he's like a I, he's like Thanos. I feel like because he he's just he got everything. Like he he's just he's an all star. I feel like. And then my team in general, me and his P sitting with us right now. I, he's dope as fuck. Cause he just he helps me mentally. I feel like okay. like I feel like a team altogether. It's not just about business. Like you have to form a relationship with these people. Like these it's more than just a team. It's family. Like we all yeah. a family. Like that's that's the dope thing about it. Like. Like it's literally a family thing, and it's not—it's not like a huge team. There's 30 of us. There's like literally maybe a handful of us that are really solid that really get the job done, and the rest are just like people that are also involved in the industry that can come together and somehow put a piece together. But I feel like my manager is definitely—he—he's dope. He—he—he's a fair—he's a fair person, and he knows what he's doing. Like he believes in me as much. And I had met him when I was 14, but my mom was managing me at the time. So we crossed paths. My mom, like, she kind of like felt the way towards, like, the situation. So she kind of we went out. We did our own thing. And then she had when she had kicked me out in 2018. Okay. I was like, "Fucking let me hit him up." I never really got the chance to work with him and see what he was about. Let me see for my own. Let me see for myself if he's what if he's about what he says he's about. And then I mean, you know, fast forward now we doing something big. So I feel like. When you, when you have a team, a lot of people just people talk to getting your ear, and there's not gonna be a lot of genuine people. This is for the artists as well. Like there's not gonna be a lot of people genuine. There's not gonna be a lot of genuine people that want to work with you, because a lot of people are just money hungry. They they see they see a opportunity, they want to jump on it. You want to be around people that they have nothing to lose or win, because it's like if you lose, they lose. If you win, they win. you gotta be around a person that. Like I said, they they see the vision as much as you do. They want you to win as much as you want to win. And they overall have the connect and the the pull. That's another thing, connect. Like you have to have the connects. You can't just expect to have a record and boom, everything will come to me. Like, no, that's not how it works. You see artists coming out with one record. They go like this then they go like that and you never hear from them again. And there's many things that go into that. But in general, you just want to have a solid team, people that know what they're doing and Want you to win in the long run Rather than just a short term win
0: You know Right Yeah when you're hot It's time to strike You have to have those connects Yeah For sure Mm All right. so last question man I wanted to talk about touring Like You mentioned that you were on tour With the show In the past Um, A little If you could talk a little bit About like what you learned from that And then what you're gearing up To do right now Cause I know you're about to do A a bunch of shows I don't remember how many But You got a bunch of them Sold out already So congratulations on that Thank you I was just talking to your team. You sold out Philly. That's mm-hmm. a tough city to sell out. Yeah, um, I'm excited for you, man. I I tour managed five tours and like on being on the roads, it could be tough. And like like I said, like Philly could be tough. Like different cities that you're really looking to kill. I guess you know selling them out is huge. So what did you learn from your last time on tour? And then what are you trying to do now?
1: The first tour, I could definitely say I learned experience. I went, I was out of all the artists on that tour, I was the least experienced as far as performing. And it's funny, because I remember I'd be in rehearsals, like, just jumping around and shit, running around, performing, like, just doing the most. But then, like, everybody would, like... I mean, people, like, you know, as an artist, when you're on a tour, there was different artists because different seasons. So it was, like, a bunch of artists together. It was us, then you had Jermaine Dupri, you had Bow Wow, um, The Brat. Um, and That was pretty much it. It was, like, That's a so-so cool. death tour. Yeah. So, um, like I said, you have different artists, and different fan bases. Because people watch the show, they, they have their favorite rapper. So it's not like, a, oh, the focus is on me. It's like, if you fuck with me, you fuck with me. If you don't, you don't. So we go to certain cities, people will be, you know, hype and excited. But I feel like, me, I'm more of an instinct person. I do it off the instinct. Like, I learn when I'm in the position to do it. Like, I remember the first show on the tour, I, like, did crazy. Like, I went crazy. And I was nervous because, like I said, I barely performed. I had no experience and all these other artists on the TV show, they're over here performing. They're getting booked. They're doing all these things. I'm just, I wasn't really doing much. So when I went on the tour, I kind of proved myself so quickly in just a short amount of time. But like I said, you have you have the favoritism. You have the artists that the fans like the most and shit. But for now, it's kind of dope because it's like, I'm selling on shows now. Like I'm headlining my own tour. The last tour had 17 cities. This tour now has, my my tour has 19 cities because... We added two more New York dates because the first one sold out and we we almost have like three new three sold-out New York dates. So it's it's fucking That's dope. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And like I it's just amazing, like for real. Like just the whole process. And like I said, it's my first tour. It's you know, it's the beginning. It's it's the beginning and the beginning of something great. I feel like I just gotta look at it positive and it's dope. Like you said with the ups and downs. California is definitely a region we gotta impact more and get a bigger, better impact from. But like you said, it's, it's, it's time, it's process, I feel like. And that's, that comes with touring. That's something I got to understand because my manager was telling me, like, the ticket sales. And I'm like, how the fuck we sold out this, then, a third? But then over here, it's quiet. But it makes yeah. so much sense because it's, like, it's regions, they different sounds. It's like it's, you got to impact certain people in different ways. So it's kind of like, it's a whole business scheme to it.
0: Yeah, and sometimes those shows that aren't sold out could be the crazy ones, too. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times... When you're on tour, people buy tickets day of. You know what I he, mean. Yes,
1: he says that too. He always says that. He's like the day of the show. A lot of people buy tickets.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. Stuff. So I wouldn't even worry about that because if you're selling out stuff already, then they're coming for those other shows. Hmm. Um. Cool, man. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming through.
1: Thank you for having me, bro. It was my pleasure. I appreciate you, the whole team, Gary. Everything. This is dope. I love what y'all doing. I
0: did so- Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, subscribe, rate, and review. And stay tuned for episodes every Monday.